Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to have you here. We hope you're having an awesome week, and regardless of when you're listening to this, we hope it adds value to your journey. We've been getting a lot of questions from our listeners, and we love your questions. Please keep them coming. They're so awesome. There's so much content that we're able to create because we know what you want us to talk about. Because again, this is a show about you and for you. We've been getting several questions all hovering around my financial coaching career. And so we thought, I don't know, why don't we just take a bunch of these questions and let's, let's make an episode just about financial coaching, Q&A about coaching. So here's the first question. What are the best and worst things about your career as a financial coach? So we're going to start with the best. The best part about being a financial coach is the privilege that I have to walk alongside families who are transforming their marriage and their lives, and they're pointing towards something so valuable and so much meaning. That, that is so much fun for me, to be able to be there right alongside of them, just watching this thing unfold. And as we always say, it's never about money. Money's never about money. It's always about something bigger. And I just get to be here for that something bigger, and it is so sweet when it works. And the, uh, the flip side of that, which is the worst thing about c- coaching, if, if I have to define what's the hardest part about coaching, the thing I like the least, life happens. And so I get to walk alongside of people as, as this stuff unfolds, but that also means I'm walking alongside of people as really heavy stuff unfolds. Because, again, it's never about money. In life, life just happens. And, and life is messy. And so, you know, things such as, you know, divorce and, and tension in the marriage and addiction and infidelity and the loss of loved ones, the loss of children, these things are very real, and, and people are living a lot of life, myself included. I, I live a lot of life. A lot of stuff is happening, and it has happened to my wife and I. And, and so as I'm walking alongside of people, this is, this is part of it. And, and it can be hard sometimes. It can feel heavy because I, I feel like I have a high level of empathy for the people that I get a, to walk alongside. And so I feel that with them. It's so hard. But... That's what's special about this coaching thing. It's not about dollars and cents. It's not about putting a budget together. It's not about spending less. It's not about trying to become rich. It's about living this meaningful life all the while life is happening around us. And so that's, that's the best and worst thing about being a coach is that the privilege of being there as life is unfolding, it's a special relationship. And, and I, I so cherish these relationships that I have um, the privilege of having with my clients. So I would say that, that that's a, the, probably the thing that, that would answer that question. And, and I think that surprises most people because I think what most people think is people come to me and I just help them put a budget together and I tell them to spend less. And that's not really that true. In fact, in a coaching meeting, there is some money talk, but there's a lot more non-money talk than money talk because the money's the boring stuff. The life is what matters. Next question. What's the hardest advice I have to give to a coaching client? Now, I don't have a specific example to share, but I have a specific type of advice 
I thought I'd share about because I see this often and this is always the hardest for me. And that's when we have to choose between something important in our life and our dream. Choosing between something really awesome and our calling. Choosing between something that is just fully ingrained in us and true happiness. And sometimes we have to choose between the two because whether we believe it or not, we can't have everything. Sacrifices have to be made. Choices have to be made. Priorities need to be established. And so for some people, it means they might have to sell their house in order to achieve this thing that's so deeply ingrained within their, their desires and their heart and their soul. And, and that's a hard conversation to have. When you tell somebody, I want you to be able to have this. I want to help you get there. But unfortunately, you may have to change your lifestyle. And it is lifestyle. This is a lifestyle conversation. But the elephant in the room in lifestyle is typically our houses. Our cars too. But cars are an easier decision. We can just go sell a car. That's easy. You go sell a car this afternoon. But to make a decision that you're going to sell your house the place where you and your, your, your family lives, the place that you call home, and this idea that you might need to sell that in order to actually live the meaningful, happy, fulfilling life that, that you so badly want. And again, this isn't the life I'm telling them they should live. This is them telling me, Travis, I deeply, deeply want life to look this way. And in order to do that, that, that idea that we have to separate ourselves from our lifestyle that is so, so hard. And I feel that too because I did that in my own life. When I left my career, we took a 90% pay cut. We sold our home. We sold a brand new, nice house to rent a town home. And we've, went, we've lived in this town home for two years. It was the biggest blessing of our, of our financial life and of our marriage, honestly. This has been a, a blessing season for us having made that decision because part of, we didn't have to, but it, it definitely helped us be able to, to navigate this dream. We need to make some changes and we did. And there's something very powerful in that, but personally I can tell you it's one of the hardest decisions ever. So whenever I have to have that conversation with somebody to say, okay, you want this thing right over here and it, this thing is amazing. But in order to get there, you might have to give up some of your lifestyle that you deeply love. And that, that, that tension is very difficult to navigate. And so, and some people navigate it really well. I have client, I could tell a story after story after story of clients that have done something like that. But I can also tell you story after story after story of someone who's chosen not to. And people who have li literally sold their dreams for this house that they're living in. They're literally giving up on everything they've said they wanted to do for the sake of saving face or pride or whatever, ha whatever you have it to, have to keep on to this big fancy home because that big fancy home is the sign that they've made it. And, and they, have, they have identity in that house and that house is, shows that, look, we've made it. it. We're successful. We're the kind of people that other people want to be. That's hard. That's hard, and, and I, I pray for those families because I know there's better for them, and, and sometimes the better is on the other side of that house. So that's definitely the hardest conversation that I, that I have with, with clients. All right, next question. What's the best financial turnaround story 
of my from my clients. And so I actually, I was thinking about this, and, and I went and I talked to this client, and, and, and they gave me permission. So I'm going to share at a high level what this story looked like. But this is the one that I felt the most emotion with. And it's not even a, it's not even a financial turnaround as much as it is a relational turnaround. And I think you'll see that. There's money wins in here, but the win is not the money. The win is the marriage. So here's a story. There's a family, husband and wife, um, extremely stressed out in their marriage, lots of tension. There's resentment, there's anger, there's guilt. There's all kinds of, of junk in there. And, and they just had, they, it was a mess. I mean, there, we had meetings where there was a lot of swearing, cursing, yelling, voices raising because they're upset. They're upset with a lot. And they're deeply in debt. They had about 125000 of of debt most of it student loans, and it was causing so much turmoil for them financially. And so that was, that was difficult. And what that, what that also caused was them to both be in jobs they hated, and they wanted to get out of the jobs, but they couldn't because the debt, the pressure, the tension. And so here we are, we're deeply in debt, we don't like each other, we're probably on the verge of divorce, and we hate our jobs. We wake up every day dreading what we're about to do. So the, here's where this went. Um, we, started, we started working together in a coaching relationship. We got them on the same page, shared visions, shared dreams. And it turns out they want the same thing. They want to be together. They want to be happy. They want to be good parents. They want to wake up every day excited for what they're about to do. And so we, we made a plan. We found a vision. We got intentional. We became a team, husband and wife, a team after the same thing. And that was probably the first piece of unity they've had in their marriage in probably a decade. Probably a decade. They've been just just dying here for, for, for almost a decade. And so here we are, you know, just no progress, no progress, no progress, lots of emotion, lots of anger to this, this very specific moment in time where they make a commitment. We're going to do things different. We made a plan. They paid off their debt pretty quickly, by the way. They paid off their debt really quickly. And all of a sudden, they started to laugh again. And they started to want to be together again. They started to, to, to share, share more things together. And, and you just watch the marriage heal right before your eyes. It was so powerful. And the debt went away. And then all of a sudden, they felt the freedom to be able to get different careers. And so here's what happened. They actually took a 40% pay cut as a family, 40%, 4-0. They took a pay cut because the wife wanted to stay home. So she stayed home with the kids. She'd always wanted to, but knew she never could because she couldn't. The financial stress was so great, but things were different. And so the husband was supportive of this. The wife wanted to stay home. They were on the same page. They had a plan. They took a 40% pay cut, but yet they were doing better financially than they'd ever done. 40% less income doing better than they've ever done. That's very real. And that's a very profound thing to realize as a family, as a couple. And so he ended up, he ended up fast forward, he ended up changing jobs and he took a job that was about the same pay as, as this prior job. She was staying home. It was beautiful. And, and their marriage is healed. They love each other. 
it and and it's fun to see that because I remember those meetings. We talk about that. We talk about. Do you remember that time when you said this and that time when, you know, you know, it looked like you're about ready to throw something at him and you know that those were very painful conversations and we look back and we can laugh at those now, but we weren't laughing then. That's the biggest turnaround. They both wake up every day. They love each other. They're glad they're married to each other. They can focus on being parents. She gets to stay home, and now he has a job he loves. That is the, the best way this thing can play out. So I'm so proud of them. If you're listening, I'm proud of you. I love you guys. So bonus question. Somebody asked, Travis, what's the, what's the best thing and the worst thing about doing this podcast? So we've done over 20 episodes now, so people are wondering, okay, what, what do you like? What do you like about podcasting? What do you don't like about podcasting? So here we go. What's the best thing about podcasting? I actually think there's three things. Um, I can't pick one. There's three things I really enjoy about podcasting. Here's the first one. It is just fun. I love, I, I didn't know this, I love podcasting. It's unscripted. It's just me talking to you like we were sitting having a coffee or a drink. And it's just us talking. Now, I'm the one doing all the talking. But it's just me talking to you in a very informal way. And I feel like I can just be real. None of it's scripted. It's just me and you. And there's something intimate about that. And I really appreciate that about this medium. I do public speaking. We do video content, writing. I just, for whatever reason, I love this form of content. The second thing that I'm really, that I really love about podcasting is I kind of feel like it's out there forever. And so there's all this content over and over and over put out there by me with my thoughts, what I'm going through, things that I'm trying to do, trying to serve the kingdom, trying to serve the audience. And as my kids grow up, I'm really excited for them to be able to listen. And I I think back to my own family, I don't have a lot from the prior generation. I have some grainy photos, but I don't have a lot. And this idea that my kids are going to have access to all of this someday. And as they grow up, they're going to be able to, to hear what was going on in my life and, and what did I think about and what did I have to say about them. And I'm so excited about that. There's a legacy piece to that where this can live on. And, and that, that's exciting to me. And, and if you're thinking about should you or should you not create content? For that reason, I think you should. Whether that's a blog or a YouTube channel or, or a podcast, whatever it is, oh, it's so powerful. Think about that, what your kids will get to see someday. And then the third thing, I think, with, with podcasting is for whatever reason, it's unlocked a new audience for us. I've been putting out content for a long time but it wasn't until I started podcasting that there's a lot of people in my life that had never consumed one single iota of content from me that will text me out of the blue and they'll say, hey, Travis, I listened to this episode. It was really good. I really learned this X, Y, Z. That's somebody I never connected with in the past in terms of, of this sort of content. And they're there now. And I'm grateful for that. I'm so grateful that they're willing to give it a chance. And so I love that about podcasting. For whatever reason, it opens up a new audience in, in an audience that I really love because I've been listening to podcasts for a decade. That's all I listen to in my car. I don't even listen to music anymore. I listen to only podcasts. So that's really fun for me to, to be able to be part of that. What's the worst thing about being a podcaster? 
it might be too early for me to know. Um, I don't have anything really, but one thing I can foresee, one thing I can foresee being the worst part is you want to be consistent. You want to have a rhythm of releasing new episodes. And so we're doing two a week and that two a week, I guess at some point, if you feel a little, little lacking of content, I could feel, I could see how that pressure can build up of needing to put out new content. Um, so maybe, maybe down the road, the, the obligation that we've given ourselves to put out consistent content, two episodes a week, maybe that will catch up with me. Um, that's the one thing I can see is the pressure of, of having to create content consistently in perpetuity. I think that might get a little difficult, but right now I just love it. I just love it and trying to enjoy it, trying to embrace it, trying to get better every day. My business partner, Cole, he's trying to get better every day, but we love, we love this. And so I don't think we're going away for a long time. So I hope that you continue to, to see us along on this journey. And, and hopefully we just continue to add value along the way. So those are my questions today. Thanks for writing those in. If you have any other questions, maybe a follow-up to these questions or something totally different, definitely reach out to us. Let us know. We would love to answer your questions. And if you'd like to connect with us outside of the podcast, maybe to ask questions, you can find us on Instagram, Meaning Over Money. You can find me, Travis Shelton, on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. And of course, Meaning Over Money, our financial course for young adults, where we teach young adults how to live for the meaning and not for the money. And that's at meaningover.money. And because we love our podcast listeners so much, if you decide you want to buy a course, we don't want you to pay full price. We have a promo code that you can use at checkout for 25% off. It's the promo code podcast25, podcast25. And that way, if you want to buy something, you don't have to pay full price. And it's our way of saying, thank you for listening to the podcast. And so if you're ready to go a little deeper, that might be a good step. But if you just want to keep listening to the podcast and this adds value to your journey, we're glad you're here. And we hope it continues to add value. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. 